Today you'll be hearing 5 of the very best money wisdom tips and hopefully one of them can inspire you to a better financial place. And if you stay right to the very end, I have my own personal favorite and a bonus tip for you. Hi guys, welcome back. Without further ado, let's start with the first money wisdom, which is quite possibly something that you have heard before and the most popular one, which is money can't buy happiness. Now before you throw shit at it, let's address it head on. You know, if someone doesn't have basic needs, there's really no happiness. Imagine this, someone doesn't have food, doesn't have shelter, doesn't have safety. Even in a developed world, that equates to privacy, you know, on my second channel, George Chan Show. I've actually a case whereby someone didn't have her own room and the lack of personal space really affected her. It wasn't fun at all. Money can rent a room and sometimes being comfortable is the foundation of you know mental well-being. A lot of times basic needs relates to stress. Of course, if you're watching here and in a better financial space, it's hard to imagine. But if you look at documentaries of people who have sufferings in Africa, you kind of have a different perspective. On the other hand, if we have our basic needs already met, then many a times we are looking for satisfaction. Then indeed, it's also true. Money can't really buy happiness and in this case, money can't buy lasting satisfaction. Because it always works like this. If you don't have a car, you want a car. And when you have a car already, you don't find it that surprising. You want a better car. So satisfaction is very fickle. If you don't have $1 million, you want $1 million. And when you reach $1 million, you know of people who have multi-millions and you kind of lose their satisfaction very quickly. Now speaking to here, I have a coming episode on how I actually become a millionaire. I'll be sharing with you here. If you're keen to hear on that story, smash the subscribe button. Speaking to here, I'd like to share with you this concept called the arrival fallacy. Satisfaction a lot of times is up in our brain, you know. There's nothing money can do about it. The arrival fallacy is a false belief that once we make it, once we attain our goal or reach our destination, we will reach lasting happiness. This has nothing to do with money, really. It's the same for holidays. The planning for it is exciting, the flying there is exciting, but once you reach there, the excitement fades, and once you fly back, you soon realize that the holiday happiness doesn't really last. So this rounds back, if you want lasting happiness, look beyond money. A lot of times relationships are a key component of that. The second money wisdom is your time is your money. Personally, I respect this a lot and increasingly as I progress in my career. The main point about this wisdom is to understand that time is a finite resource and you need to spend it wisely also, just like how we spend money. If you spend it with family, it's priceless. If you spend it at work, it better be worth it and paying well. And with that, I have a story and the rant to share with you. Let's start with the story and it goes like this. I was with a private client that runs a company actually and he actually set an alarm towards the end of our meeting. When I heard the alarm, I thought it was mine because that's how I actually run meetings. But to my surprise, I actually realized it's his alarm. And in that moment, I felt so validated. I realized that people who are successful look at their time carefully and they actually set alarms as reminders to leave that meeting specifically. And that is why even achieve a lot, especially in making monies, you need to respect time. And that leads to a rant. You know, on the other hand, many people like to overrun meetings. People could mean bosses, could mean fellow co-workers, could mean conferences that we attend or gatherings that we go to. When the supposed meeting is from 10 a.m. to 12 noon, in the end, what we realize very frequently is 11.45, we are still talking about something irrelevant. And at 12.30 p.m., the final slide has not yet been reached. Money is time. Respect other people's time also because they could be spending their time to make more monies or they could be using that precious time with their families. The third money wisdom is a dollar saved is a dollar earned. 
This has a lot of truth in it. If you think about it, someone earning $3,000 and spending $3,000 would have nothing left, correct? But if someone is earning $3,001 and is spending $3,000, there is $1 left at the end of the month. And that is actually the same as someone earning $3,000 and spending $2,999. So this money wisdom of a dollar saved is a dollar earned reinforces the idea of being prudent. And what I like about it particularly is to remove away the excuse that, oh, I don't have enough income. That's why I'm unable to save. Next time when I have more income, then I'll save. That is actually not a correct mindset. There are still people who earn $10,000 and spend $10,000 and leave themselves with nothing left at the end of the month. While there's a lot of truth in this a dollar saved is dollar earned, it is also incorrect if we apply it to the entire equation of building wealth. Take it for example, if you want to save $3,100 each month, it cannot be done with $3,000 a month, correct? If that saving is your goal. Because there is a cap, you only earn $3,000. You cannot save more than 100% of what you earn. And that's where some unlearning is to come in. Because income next is the one that removes away all these caps. Which means if you build up your income to $6,000 and your expenses are $2,900, that's where you really save $3,100 each month. Then as you progress in your career and make bigger and bigger income, keep in mind this adage, it's not about how much you earn, it's about how much you keep. Money wisdom number four, save for a rainy day. I think this has been taught to all of us, even when we are young, or at least that's what I teach my children, definitely. Which means also I'm 100% in agreement with this. In finance, saving for a rainy day is usually termed as emergency savings. Just in case you're not familiar, usually the recommendation is to save 6 to 12 months of your expenses up as emergency cash because you need it for a rainy day, such as medical expenses that cannot be covered with your insurance or also unforeseen retrenchment. I've actually done up this infographics on my Instagram page and maybe I'll just pull it up to explain a bit further because again, the emergency cash needed for each person's situation varies. There are certain factors to take note which firstly includes your job industry stability if you are in a freelance or self-employed or gig economy, your job industry is usually more unstable than someone in a government service. The second is your current age. The third is do you have any dependents? And the fourth is your particular life stage. So for someone who is young and no dependents, maybe three months of expenses is already sufficient as emergency cash because it's quite easy to find employment even if you get retrenched. Then why if you have dependents or if you are self-employed, then maybe you do need 6 months of emergency cash. Then as you get older and you find re-employment more difficult than usual, you may need instead 12 months of emergency cash. And last but not least, if you are retired or planning to retire soon, which means the possibility of getting new income is very very little, then you may really explore 18 months of expenses as emergency cash. Take a screenshot of this and share with a friend on how much you do need to save up as buffer. And while you may have a different figure eventually, it's very hard to dispute the benefits of saving for a rainy day. For myself, I even observed that I practice this habit to other aspects in life. I have emergency diapers in my car because I've gone through situations when my toddler needs a diaper and we do not have any on hand and it's a real panic. So I actually have emergency diapers in the front drawer of my car. The fifth money wisdom and quite possibly my favorite is don't let money control you, you control money. I'm in the financial advisory space and I like to think that I'm one of Singapore's best known 
financial advisors. I've met fans even when I'm holidaying with my family overseas. And in the most recent trip in Penang, two fans actually came up to me to say that they recognize me from YouTube. I'm happy to know that and I'm honored about it. But in Singapore, I'm nowhere near the top earning financial advisor. Far, far from it. I do know because I can see sales numbers even in my own company. And while it's not mutually exclusive to be doing the right thing as well as earn high income, I would like to get to the top of my industry in terms of earnings by my own terms. I don't want to sell high commission plans just for the sake of it. And it's a conscious effort to not let money control my decision making in my advisory work. If you are also in sales, you may also face the same dilemma because the company always awards all the high performance and the envy usually is directed towards there. So the question again is, do you pursue income at all costs? That to me sounds like money controlling you. I'd like to add this by Gary Vaynerchuk. How you make your money is more important than how much you make. What about for money factors outside work? You know, when people buy sports car, it's usually an expression of wealth, of money, and it's often linked to self-esteem. To get self-esteem, they need to spend. And that is a case, in my opinion, that money is controlling their emotions. If you are a young working adult coming to the workforce, you will be faced with this transition. Previously, you were comparing school grades. When you get to adulthood, it's about comparing material items. Hopefully, Uncle Josh here, speaking some old man's wisdom on not letting money controlling you and you controlling money, will be a key cornerstone on how you make decisions and how you view your own success. As always, if you have your preferred money wisdom, leave them in the comment sections. And if you have benefited so far, help me smash on the like button. And let's move on to the bonus tip that I have for you today, which is make money work for you. I fully agree with this and it's something I practice from a very young age. This is to understand that money comes not only to you from work, which is employment income, active income, but also from investments and from other sources. We can't work in our job forever. That's the reality. And someday we'll all need to retire. That's something I covered a lot on this channel. Warren Buffett has a saying, if you don't find a way to make money while you sleep, you will work until you die. That is why it's important to make money work for you and I'm planning to do a future video on my multiple streams of income. So if you're keen again, smash on the subscribe button and check out this previous tutorial I've done before on the 14 streams of income that I already have. If you're curious about it, I'll be layering on top of this. And if you haven't seen it, let me invite you there also. 